You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Packernet Podcast. I am your interim host, JJ Leahy. Happy to be with you once again. Check us out online at packernet.com. Find me on Twitter at JJ Leahy. Uh, so here's the thing. No Ryan today. Uh, no Ryan tomorrow either, actually. So if you really hate listening to the sound of my voice, don't tune in tomorrow because it'll be me again. Now, here's the glass half full view. You never get me instead of Ryan. You get me instead of no Ryan. It's days when there normally would be no podcast. And Ryan reaches out to me and says, hey, we got to give the people something. Will you fill in? And I say, sure. You know, today was a, a scheduling thing. Something came up. Ryan just couldn't do it. Tomorrow will not be a scheduling thing. Tomorrow is Ryan being an old fart who can't stay up after a late night Thursday game and record a podcast. You know, and it's not like I don't work in the morning as well, because I do. I'm just young, energetic, handsome, you know, all those things that Ryan was once upon a time. Anywho, um, here's the thing. I, I have right in front of me a really delicious looking beverage. And um, I can't tell you what it is because they don't sponsor us. So if the company wants to give us money, then I'll open the drink again on the show and tell you the name of it. And you can go out and purchase some for yourself. But they didn't give us any ad dollars, so I'm not giving them any airtime. So. Oh, delicious. Delicious. We got a, a football game, and I don't know why I'm so excited about this game, because I wasn't expecting to be. First of all, I hate Thursday night football. Um, I hate making the, the guys play on a short week. I hate... <laughs> it, it is kind of a late night game. Like To me, Sunday night football is just different. Like I don't, I don't mind staying up Sunday night to watch football, but like Thursday, it's just a day in the middle of the week where... I'm tired. I haven't had Saturday and and Sunday to recharge, and I know I have to get back up again first thing in the morning. So I, I just I don't like Thursday night football. Plus, it's a you know sort of a West Coast ish game. I mean Arizona is not really on the coast, but it's compared to Wisconsin, it's on the coast. Um, and Arizona is kind of a scary good team. But there are so many reasons why I am hyped for this game. So, normally on game day, what Ryan's been doing this season is trashing on the opponent. I'm going to be honest, there's not a lot to trash about the Arizona Cardinals this year. Um, except that 
the teams they're beating are, you know, let's just say that I'm not, I'm not as impressed by their wins as some people are. Um, but you, you know, usually the team that doesn't impress me early on with all these wins and is still, you know, demolishing their schedule like this does end up being pretty good. I just think the Packers can take them. I really do. Down Devontae. Down Al Lazard. Down Jair. Down Zadarius. Down Bakhtiari. Down Josh Myers. Down Joe Barry. I still think we, I, I think we have enough guys to get the job done. And I think we're a meaner team. You think about over the last few years, it seems like there's always a team in the NFC who's just, they're just mean. And you, you just don't want to play against them. It's like Scottie Pippen with the Bulls. You know, and there, there, there was a turning point in the Bulls-Pistons rivalry where, you know, the Pistons have been absolutely just bullies to the Bulls for forever. And there was a turning point where Pippen gets knocked down and he just bounces right back up again like, you know, one of those, uh, what do you call them, those those boxing dolls. You know, they're weighted at the bottom and you knock it down and it comes right back up. And it just kind of took the, the wind out of the Pistons' sails that, that, yeah, we knocked him down, but we're not intimidating him. <laughs> you know, we, we beat him on this one rep, but we didn't break him. And he's coming right back. And he's going to take his pound of flesh for every drop of blood that we draw. That was the turning point. What I've seen through the first seven weeks of the season is a Packers team that has that same mentality. They're gritty. They're stingy. This is a stingy defense. I have a, I have a couple tools I want to take a look at for fun here. One of them is a uh, spreadsheet that I put together. I do this every year, but uh, this year it's a little bit better than normal. And it analyzes um, how many points, higher or lower, do you score on offense and allow on defense uh, against each of your opponents this year compared to the teams that those opponents have played. And uh, the Saints game really messes things up, obviously. You have a game where you go 3-38. and 38. That's going to hurt you both offensively and defensively. If you remove that game from the equation, you're just looking at the most recent six weeks of the season, which I think is fair to do because six weeks is a pretty substantial amount of time. I don't, I don't even think that you have to necessarily point to the fact that the Saints game was such a fluke, but just, you know, it's the oldest game on the, on the schedule. So uh, it, it has the least impact on who we are as a team right now. Um, the Packers rank fifth in the league offensively and 12th defensively um, if you remove the Saints game. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That point I was making earlier, though, the defense is stingy. 
they don't give up a lot of points. They give up the 12th fewest points in the league compared to team averages, which is helpful because, you know, if you just look at how many points allowed on the whole season, that doesn't give you the full picture because some teams play easy schedules and some teams play hard schedules. And I think one of the guys who best encapsulates the vicious stinginess is Darnell Savage. There was a play last week against Washington. Terry McLaurin, I think, was the receiver who caught a ball basically right at the line of the game. And it looked like he had picked up the first down. But before he had, you know, completed the whole process of the catch, Savage came flying in out of nowhere and hit him so hard that the ball just went flying. And in that moment... You know, I was disappointed at first that I thought we gave up the first down. But I I already had, in that you know millisecond, I had come to terms with, okay, I still have faith in the defense. Like, yeah, it sucks that the other team got a fresh set of downs, but we're going to get the stop here. And then <laughs> Savage came flying in and just says, nope denied and I loved it and I got so excited in that moment because this is a team this Packers team they're playing in a way I think they can walk in anywhere and pull out a win seriously if we had to play Tampa I'm not so sure we wouldn't win that game and the Cardinals are going to be a really good test. This is a freakishly good offense. It's a it's a very good defense. I think the defense is um, maybe a little bit overinflated because of who they've played. Although it was really impressive that they held the Rams to something like twenty points. That was that was cool. But to quote Mike McCarthy, "We're nobody's underdog." Bring on the Cardinals. You know what's at stake this week? The number one seed in the NFC. Did you think when we lost to the Saints in week one that this is the conversation we'd be having of like, hey, week eight, we're missing everybody. (laughs) But the number one seed is within our grasp. The Buccaneers are the number two seed. They are 6-1-0. If we beat the Cardinals, we'll be 7-1-0, which uh, will be a tied record with the Cardinals, but we'll have the win over them. Which, by the way, how nice would it be to have that win on your record over the Cardinals come playoff time? That's going to be pretty handy if the Cardinals stay good all year and we're trying to stay ahead of them for playoff seeding. I've seen a lot of negativity from fans online saying, you know, just uh, get out of here healthy. Don't don't get any more injuries. Just uh, go back home and lick your wounds. You got some extra time to rest up for next week's game. You know who's not thinking that way? Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Well, we're playing a great football team. They're 7-0. They've got a lot of confidence. Uh, this has uh, those 
playoff type implication games, even though it is just week eight. Uh, we're aware of that. A lot of times when you're not playing a division opponent, it comes down to tiebreakers like this. There's still a lot of football and a lot that can happen throughout the season with uh, momentum and the way teams play. But this is an important one. It's one of those Thursday games that uh, the league loves so much. They're tough, uh, obviously tough on the bodies, but uh, we're looking forward to the challenge and look forward to the, to the three days off afterwards. This team has no intention of losing. They see this as an opportunity to gain critical ground in the playoff hunt. And I don't think anybody on that team is nervous about playing without Devontae. Uh, here's here's uh, Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. Quote, sometimes it helps them, talking about the Packers, to play an even cleaner game. He's not forced to force the ball to Adams. And when you have a guy like Adams, who's a volume pass catcher, you could kind of trap him into throwing the ball to Adams some. But without Adams, it's going to force Aaron to play a true game, and that sometimes is dangerous for us. But he's played his best ball without Adams. And again, not having Adams is not good for them, but it's going to force Aaron to play a cleaner game. History shows you he's played good, and so we'll see how it works out on Thursday. There's a lot to be excited about with the Packers offensively. Um, I think uh, that Randall Cobb trade is looking better and better each week that goes along. Really excited <laughs> that we have him for this game. Malik Taylor is back off of the COVID list, which is helpful since Lazard is going to be gone. I could really see Malik filling in that run-blocking role um, that uh, we'll be missing with Lazard. Also, it would be nice to have Malik uh, back out there on special teams. And what about Amari? Um, Rogers, this quote comes via Matt Schneidman. Rogers smirked when he was asked how to get ready for Arizona's defense on a short week. Quote, well, they got to get ready for our bag of tricks, too. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Welcome to the NFL, Amari Rogers. Uh, and then on defense, they've been playing lights out. They really have. Zachary Jacobson on Twitter, tremendous follow at it's Zachariah J. He says uh, the Packers allowed 17 or fewer points in a game four times this season, which is their most through the first seven games of the year since 2009, in which they finished the year with a second ranked unit. I'll tell you who's definitely getting elevated from the practice squad this week is Juwan Winfrey. How do we know? Well, the Packers uh, protected him on the practice squad, so no other team could sign him. <laughs> that's, as, uh, that's as clear as you can get that they're elevating him for this game. Uh, a lot of people, big believers in Jawan Winfrey. I think he's fun. I'd love to see him live up to his potential. I think he certainly could do a lot in this game if they use him. Add to that, though, the, the injury report, isn't looking too bad. Uh, you got Dennis Kelly. I don't understand why they haven't put him on IR yet. Just put him on IR. He hasn't played. He has not been active for a game like ever. I think he's been ruled out every single week. He's listed as doubtful. Preston Smith and Kevin King are both questionable. Uh, I'd really like to see Preston play. I'm not super concerned about the Cardinals uh, rushing attack. It's not. They don't run the ball super effectively. Uh, Chase Edmonds is a very dangerous player, but that's 
largely in the receiving game. He's one of the highest targeted uh, players in the receiving game on this offense. So big day for Devondre Campbell. We're going to take a look at the Cardinals injury report in a minute. But first, going to run a little ad break here so Ryan can make some money. If you want me to make some money, patreon.com slash JJ Leahy. Hook me up. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ryan has talked a lot about how the Cardinals are the 31st ranked uh, run defense. That I don't know if that's yards. I don't know if that's PFF. I'll tell you what it's not is points. They have only allowed one rushing touchdown so far this season. This season. So uh, I'd like to see us pound the rock a lot. But don't, don't be surprised if we start passing once we get down into the red zone. My guess here is that the um, Cardinals linebackers, Zayvon Collins in particular, very good against the run. And they're when you get down into the into the red zone and your defense is compressed, you got more guys who are able to stay in the box and help defend the run there to make up for the fact that all of their defensive linemen stink at defending the run. So you could march down the field on them with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And then when you get into the red zone, don't be screaming at your TV if they're not running <laughs> down there. Uh, this is a tough team to run against down in the red zone. A little bit of perspective for you. Yeah, so I paused uh, the pod, my recording of the podcast. I'm recording it Wednesday night here. 
on that ad break and checked Twitter. Turns out J.J. Watt is not only ruled out for the game, he's having season-ending shoulder surgery. It's a tongue twister. Um, so that kind of sucks for him. I mean, this is like one of the main reasons why I was extremely opposed to the we have to sign J.J. Watt freak out this past off season. People so mad that we didn't sign him. I didn't want him. I said he's old as dirt. He can't stay healthy. Now he hurt his shoulder, has to have surgery. Like, hey, we got one of those guys, too, who uh, we paid a bunch of money to, and now he's on IR. Is it Arius Smith? Could have two. <laughs> Could have two. Really expensive guys on IR. At least the hope with Zedarius is that maybe he comes back toward the end of the season. I, I don't know. Uh, J.J. Watt is going to be out for three months, they're saying. He's got to have surgery and rehab. The other guy that uh, was maybe going to be out is DeAndre Hopkins. Cliff Kingsbury said yesterday that he might be a game-time decision Thursday night. But then he went on to say that he fully expects him to play. So I don't know <laughs> what that means. Uh, he said, knowing the circumstances and the primetime TV appearance. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but whatever. Uh, maybe he's just saying, like, hey, this this game is as important to us as it is to the Packers, you know, for, for playoff seating. And we need DeAndre out there. I, I don't know. I think DeAndre's going to play. Uh, I think that the Cardinals are going to put up a boatload of points. If you look at what they've done all year, they have been held to less than 31 points one time. That was against San Francisco. Um, I never put any stock in what happens in division games. Those are always weird. Now, DeAndre did not practice once all week, which, I mean, that's, you're talking about basically one day of practice because they, I think they held a, uh, walk through and then uh, some other fake practice. Packers did the same thing. So your only real day of practice is Wednesday. Exactly what the Packers did. Uh, Hopkins was listed as DNP for the entire week. So was Rashard Lawrence and JJ Watt, who doesn't count. Um, Hopkins is listed as questionable. I, I, I think he's going to play Rashard Lawrence. I don't know. Jordan Hicks was upgraded to full participation on Wednesday. Uh, starting slash backup center uh, Max Garcia did not participate in practice all week. List is questionable. That would be a big deal if he can't go. I mean, he's not good, but they they clearly think he's their best option at center. So they're going to have to shuffle something around. And this offensive line, you know where they're vulnerable? They're vulnerable actually at the tackles. Um, that's where the that's where the pass blocking ability goes down a bit. This is gonna be a big game where we need Rashawn Gary to step up again, like he has the last couple weeks. If he can play at the level on Thursday that he played on Sunday, that is gonna make all the difference in the world for this game. The only issue is that we have to actually get home and wrap Kyler up. We got to get sacks because um, as Ryan was talking about yesterday, the pressures don't affect Kyler very much. And you, you kind of got to play contain with him. 
but you know, m- most important is you can't let him roll out and buy time the way Aaron Rodgers does. Everybody else on the injury report was a full participant on Wednesday, uh, except for tight end Daryl Daniels. Concerned about him. I think the Packers are taking this game a lot more seriously than the Cardinals will. The Packers treated Washington like a bye week. It was it was a trap game all along, and we survived it. So that's actually good news <laughs> that we survived the trap game where the Packers were overlooking Washington. They didn't they didn't care. I mean, they wanted to get the win, and and you had staff members who were focused on trying to beat Washington, but they had guys who were already looking ahead to Arizona. And Aaron Rodgers said that a good portion of their practice reps leading up to the Washington game were actually spent scouting the Cardinals, knowing that it was a short week that they had. They're taking this seriously. They intend to win. Um, Now, it's not as rosy a situation as it was uh, two days ago, but... um, this game opened in, in Vegas with the Cardinals as just three-point favorites over the Packers. And I think by default they give you, is it two and a half points if you're the home team? So, you know, they're, they're basically calling this a push. Now, it did quickly move to Cardinals as six-point favorites. Um, but I think some of that had to do with uh, Devontae getting put on IR or uh, COVID reserve. I know the six point thing was before Lazard got moved to COVID, you know, but, but everything's so up in the air. You don't know if, if DeAndre is playing at that point. They didn't know if Watt was playing, but what I really want is for you to get in the right mindset for this game, which is we're going up against a top team in the NFL, certainly a top team in the NFC. This is a chance to dig deep and play gritty, play tough, give it your all. Maybe you come up short in the end. Maybe maybe you have to fly home with a loss under your belt. But if you still played well, if you still learn something in this game, down so many of your superstars, and have something you can build off of next week and throughout the season, because we're probably going to play the Cardinals again in the playoffs. It's probably going to happen. And if not, we're going to play the Rams. We're going to play some good teams in the playoffs. We need to be a tough team. I like these early season tough games to toughen you up. A question that was asked on Patreon of Ryan comes from Eric Munn. With so many injuries, what will this game really show us? If we win, I think it shows the ultimate resiliency and doing what they have to in order to win, which champions do. If they lose, is it fair to take the opposite approach and blame it on injuries? Maybe. I mean, you still got a re- lot of really good players. See, the issue is that we're not sure when we're going to get some of these guys back. You know, if if we're seeing a lot of um, pressure on Rodgers coming up the middle because we don't have Josh Myers... What you're what you're hoping is, you know, Bakhtiari is projected to come back next week. It sounds like sounds like the Packers are are eyeing a week nine return for him. 
maybe you can kick Elton into center if center is is a liability for you on Thursday. Jair being out is maybe the, maybe the biggest one that you could look at and say, you know, we're down our top two corners or our number one and number three corners if you feel that Stokes has passed Kevin K on the depth chart. I don't know how much Devontae affects this because the Cardinals' passing defense isn't great. It's it's okay. It's not it's not awesome. And uh, I think Rodgers and the, and the guys that he'll be throwing to are talented enough to get the job done. I think this could – I really think this could be our highest scoring game of the season just because it's what the game calls for. I saw some people frustrated at how few points we put up against Washington, <laughs> but it's situational. They only did what they needed to, to do to get the win because they know they've got a, week, a short week coming up. They know they need to keep healthy. They know Washington is not going to keep up with them. They won by, what was it, 14 points? That is enough. That is enough. You don't need to rack up all the points. Uh, you do against the Cardinals. 35 points, I think, is uh, what the Packers offense might have to do to keep up. Cardinals can consistently get to 31 points. They've done it uh, like four times this year. 35-31, that's my score prediction. Question from Christian Cunningham. How might the defense look different without Barry calling the plays? That's an interesting one. And obviously, obviously the answer is we don't know because we haven't uh, experienced this. Jerry Gray has been a defensive coordinator in the past. It was a long time ago, um, but he certainly has experience uh, calling plays. He's also, he is the passing game coordinator, defensive coordinator, um, for the Packers. That's a bigger deal than just, uh, handing play calling duties to a position coach. Um, so it sounds like the exact process they're using is Jerry Gray is going to be up in the box, up in the booth and radio plays down to, Linebacker coach Kirk Olvidati, who is going to then uh, give the plays to Devondre Campbell, who will communicate them to the rest of the team. To me, that sounds a little bit inefficient, uh, but you're really only adding one extra guy in there uh, than you normally would have. And I know uh, in 20, what was it, 2019, Mike Pettin was up in the booth. So it's not like... It's not a, a super weird uh, situation to be in. I could see Jared Gray maybe maybe running a little bit more dime than nickel because he is the passing game coordinator and you know he loves his DBs. Um, Jared or Joe Barry is a linebackers coach. He has had the Packers playing. A ton of nickel. It's, I, I know under Mike Pettin, uh, the Packers ran, I think, just about the the least nickel personnel of anybody in the league. I think that is, I think the number was twenty seven percent, and the league average is like sixty percent. Joe Barry has pumped those numbers up a lot. I. Uh, 
forget the numbers, but a lot closer to average, which makes sense. But don't forget that, you know, Jerry Gray has been a part of game planning these these this defense all year with Joe Barry. They work hand in hand. Uh, what you might see is just situationally against some looks. Gray might have a, a slightly different priority than Barry would that could be colored by his extensive experience as a uh, defensive backs coach and how much he clearly prioritizes <laughs> those defensive backs. But what we obviously can't answer is how often are they going to blitz with Gray calling plays as opposed to if they had Barry calling plays, that kind of stuff. We don't know. And I don't think we ever I don't think we ever will know. <laughs> how do you know how Jer- how Joe Barry would call this game versus what you see out of Jerry Gray? But overall, my expectation is it's gonna be a similar game plan to what it would have been anyways, because Joe Barry's still involved in game planning and, and, and a lot of what the team does on game day is kind of set in stone in the week leading up to it. And Joe Barry's been a part of it virtually all week. Uh, Mark Strickland has, has a question. Have we heard whether Joe Barry and Devante have COVID or if they were just close contact? Uh, the, the biggest clue we have is apparently Devante's wife was posting some stuff on Instagram about him not feeling well and like posting some remedies and stuff that she was given to like uh, help him feel more comfortable, something like that. So sounds like he might actually have COVID. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's all I have to go off of. I, I know there are some people who are hoping that he's going to get two negative tests in and um, catch a plane to, <laughs> to Phoenix. I don't think that's going to happen. I, there's a rumor floating around on Twitter that he tested negative once already, but I have not seen that from any reporters at all. I've just seen it from like random dudes on Twitter who may or may not know what they're talking about. And then Goose has, who is one player that can step up, play better, and really boost this team on offense? The easiest answer there is Royce Newman, just because I think he has the most room to improve. He's playing so very poorly right now he he just he can move the needle the farthest because he can take it from like basically a a d minus on a good day or an f on a bad day if he could crank that up to like a, a b plus that would be phenomenal i think it would help the run game a lot the offensive line has not been playing that well this year and i I'm not upset with the coaches. I, I think we all are well aware that these injuries have just absolutely annihilated our offensive line just week after week after week. Specifically on Thursday, who can step up? Uh, my guy would be Mercedes Lewis. Here's why. is uh, He's a mismatch problem. See, Zaven Collins is a freak athlete. And he can keep up with Aaron Jones, which is not awesome because I think you want Aaron Jones really involved in the passing game this week. 
Zayvon Collins can take that away. He's also a really good run defender. Mercedes Lewis would be a problem because he can handle Zayvon. Zayvon's a big dude, but Mercedes is a lot bigger. Mercedes has been playing lights out these last three weeks. I say keep putting the ball in his hands this week. I mean, I, I don't recall the last time he went up in the air to go get a ball and got his hands on it and then couldn't bring it back down. Once he does have it, it's hard to bring him down. And uh, if you can, if you can utilize him in the passing game, you might need Zaven to really focus on Mercedes or on Tanya. I think those those tight ends are going to be crucial in helping to create some mismatches and take some heat off of uh, Aaron Jones. You know who else is going to be really involved in the passing game? AJ Dillon. I'd like to see them uh, using him in the passing game. I think they will. They're going to spread the ball around a lot. Uh, I'm not starting any Packers in fantasy <laughs> this week because I don't have Aaron Jones. Um, actually, I do have Aaron Rodgers in one of my leagues. Obviously, I'm starting him. But um, as far as the pass catchers, I'm not starting anybody. You know, I've seen people saying, hey, MVS, MVS is going to be wide receiver one. I, I don't even know if MVS is even coming off of IR for this game. And even if he does, he's he's probably still hurt. <laughs> Sounds like he's still a game-time decision, which I'm not sure how you can be a game-time decision and be on IR. Kind of would have thought, you know, I'm recording this Wednesday night. kind of would have thought they would have had to already take him off IR. So I think he's not playing, but but I could be wrong. Maybe Maybe you can take him off of IR on Thursday. And let him play Thursday night. I don't know if he made the trip. Actually, let me check. I'll check his... Uh, he's probably put on social media where he is right now. Okay, yeah, he did make the trip. He's in uh, He's in Phoenix. So, maybe he does play. Uh, Randall Cobb, I, w- I would guess, is wide receiver one. But, you know, he's also the guy that they're going to have to put their top uh, defenders on. So, maybe that opens up. Room for Amari Rogers, for Al Nazard, or Al Nazard, um, Malik Taylor. I was picturing Malik Taylor's face when I said that. Um, for uh, Equinemius. E- uh, this could be a big game for EQ. Uh, Rogers has been targeting him. He's, um, they've been involving him. And I, and I think a big part of that probably has to do with the fact that he's clearly on thin ice. You know, he was on the practice squad. Got elevated a little bit. Uh, They had an open roster spot, and they needed to free up room on the practice squad. Decided to go ahead and put EQ on the active roster. I think everybody, including Rogers, knows like EQ's going to be near the front of the line when it comes to like who do we cut to make room for guys coming off of IR. Uh, Bakhtiari coming off the pup list. You got uh, Daphne as well. And we know Aaron really likes EQ, so it makes a lot of sense to me. All right, uh, one more question. Andy Monday, why can't Devontae play even with COVID? After all, he still keeps six feet of distance from his defenders anyways. That is an amazing comment. I will just say it makes a lot of sense that Devontae caught COVID because he catches everything. (laughs) All right, I'm going to wrap it up and get out of here. Listen, if it's a blowout loss... You're allowed to be upset about that. Or again, you could look at how many guys were missing and say, 
what do you expect them to do on a short week down their top two receivers and like half their good defenders makes sense if they lose closely just just kind of put that in your pocket and hold on to the fact that this is not a game that I think people are expecting them to win. Your takeaway should be how well do they play? Do they give up? Are they still fighting to the end? I think there's a real chance they sneak out of here with a win. All I can say is there's no excuses for the Cardinals and they better not be overlooking the Packers because the Packers will hurt them and make them pay if they do. I'll be right back here again uh, after the game to do the, uh, post-game wrap-up. Hopefully, we can uh, be excited and do our uh, Victory Monday on on Victory Friday. And if we are, we're doing it from the top of the NFC. Our destiny is in our own hands. This is an important game. It's it's not must-win. I mean, your season's not over if you lose this game, obviously. You'd still be 6-2 and two and sitting pretty in your own division. Virtually a playoff lock at this point. But I think that I think the players and the coaches can take a lot away from this game if they're able to win it or if they're able to uh, keep it close, even if they even if they can't actually bring it home. So if you're going to that game, you better be loud. I want to I want to hear you through my TV and I want the defense to really hear you. Go pack. Go, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow.